every podcast I say I'm a youth mentor I'm actually creating my own foundation brand brand new this year for me because I have an entrepreneur mindset I want to tackle the things that people haven't tackled so for instance getting the actual premises like really going for it so I've got a local petition that I'm starting you can find it on change.org which is basically turning the old NatWest building on Acton High Street to a youth community complex uh, so I just started a great idea to have a crowdfunding campaign in my local area so go and support us we've got a page and a link for that when you're 90 and you're not mobile and you're tired and it's over you can't do it you can't do it you can't build that company you wanted you can't spend that time with your kid it's regret what did you do from friday 5 p.m until monday 7 a.m i'm just curious like and i don't think you shouldn't have a weekend but i think everybody's ambition actually is more predicated on their actions than their words my friends tell me all the time they're so ambitious and i'm like if that's true then you punt leisure and you punt concerts at jones beach and you work welcome to desire to inspire podcast I'm Jerome, I'm a youth mentor, entrepreneur, and I'm to bring in my life, bring in my world, drop a lot of jewels and a lot of gems. And if you take 20% of what I say and apply it, you definitely make a change in your life. So yeah, this podcast, obviously at the beginning, I put about, you know, having no regrets and Gary Vee is one, one of the people that I look up to because um, he just tells us how it is, you know, and all the stuff and the insecurities and the fears and we're just hearing him say it like so wholeheartedly and I feel like, He's someone that definitely like I go to like as I go to <laughs> all the time and um, yeah man I'm gonna this is gonna be a kind of a deep podcast but I feel like I said I was gonna talk about this before um, but yeah man it's it's like literally man you got one life and I feel like you gotta love it and live it and I feel like every day people say it right every day has to be your last meaning you gotta live with no regrets you gotta do what you're scared of you gotta do things that you wanted to do and I feel like for me. I don't know, man. I just have this kind of unprecedented drive that everybody says. Like, I remember talking to my friend one time who does some forex trading, and when we met, you know, she was starting to build her team. And for me, I put I, when I put my heart in something, you know, I because I'm so passionate, it become overwhelming in terms of energy. Like, I want to do something that I really want to do, right? And for the right reasons. So, for me, it's like when I'm when I was there and she was like oh my god you're driving I've always had a drive I've always had something that's been a push and it's it's, it's kind of like a a passion that's never goes away right like it never goes away like my project is called passion never dies right because people always told me I was so passionate so passionate so passionate so I want to put my characteristics in this thing so you know for me man I feel like happiness is the key right and sometimes we don't even know what makes us happy. We feel we, we know what makes us happy, but we don't know what makes us happy. We understand that we don't really know what makes us happy. So, um, you know, but it's a collection of stuff and it's, it's, it's so many factors. So it's like, I remember when I was doing my entrepreneur master um, master groups up in um, Chiswick in, um, in a co-working space. And we used to have our meetings. So how it was set up is that we meet once a month we all allocate our goals and you know what we're gonna to work towards, what our bottlenecks are, and we give constructive feedback and, and criticism. And at the end of that, we all pitch our business ideas and give and give um, immediate um, criticism feedback um, in in the moment, right? And it was great, right? Um, long story short, one of the things that we shared, and it's about sharing problems, right? Because at the end of the day, you need a fresh pair of eyes and ears to solve problems, right? You that you might have as yourself. So yeah, we done that. We done used to do the meetings up in Chiswick 
and it was it was so good because it was such a support group. It's an open, vulnerable group where there's no one's judging you, right? You can put your insecurities and your fears out there, and we're here to help and support each other. You're not alone in this game. That's kind of what the mantra and the team code was. So, um, yeah, I just remember kind of in these these mastermind groups, um, one of the one of the entrepreneurs brought a thing where like um, it's like a profile. I can't really describe it well, um, but it's a profile that basically says one part of being happy in your job or your role or your career is having four um, personality character traits, right? Top four, because I think there's 25, right? You can do like a, it's online. I need to find the name of it as well. Um, yeah, it's four character traits. And basically, if you fulfill the top four in your job on a day-to-day basis, this is the start of being happy and fulfilled in your role. So mine, the top of my head was like leadership, hope, belief, motivation, you know. So when I learned that, I said, okay, what could I do that's kind of connected to that? What do I need, you know? And I started to go online and look at all this mentor stuff and I thought, yeah, this is great. Like, but a business mentor and a life mentor, I, I don't think I want to really do that because that's not connected to my my my, my why or what, why I do this and all of this stuff. Because part of it was breaking down why we're working towards stuff and all of this stuff. So obviously for me, I knew what my why was and I had to really break down the why. So I said, okay, I want to inspire the next generation. How are you going to do that today, tomorrow? And I feel like, like I think about it today, my life was just tailor-made. Literally things just happened and like two years ago, who knew I'd be here, right? But I always had the vision, right? I always had the seed in my head. And so my whole thing is like, um, you know, you got to do what you got to do no matter what. I feel like, you know, if all these people that became successful sat on the insecurities and their fears, they wouldn't be where they are today. And I feel like you need to be fearless. You need to rise above it, you know, rise above the problems or whatever's holding you back. And I don't know, I feel like for me, my main drive started when I was born, right? I born, I was born like this. I genuinely believe this. And this is a mad story time. It's a bit deep. Like, and I understand that this might let people really open up into what's in my mind on a day-to-day basis and, you know, what's going on, right? So for me, it's, it's the key that I was born with, right? I believe is inspiration. I was born being so um, impactful and influential and my energy is so contagious, it gives positive results. And I've heard people say this to me, by the way. So once I knew that, right, then I started to consciously do things, right, that will make that happen and put it in the right people and all this other stuff. Because I've, like, going back now, I've done a lot of stuff for people and they've become, you know, I put, I've, I've lit the fire in so many people. I'll name one of them, Jarrell, somebody who came to my studio 2009. He was very, very smart. Left school all A's. I saw that. I was I was inspired, bro. I thought, this guy is 16 years old. I didn't leave school all A's. Like, that was so great. And my brother, at the same time, same age, wasn't doing nothing. So I was like, oh my God, this guy, like, he just needs a bit of support and guidance. And I didn't know it, but in that moment, I was a mentor, right? And he sat in my chair and he learned how to engineer and produce. And now he surpassed me. I remember one of the days he gave me that and said, oh man, like I surpassed you. But that's the whole point. I sat there and said, that's the whole point. The whole point is you do better than me. Right? I saw something in you and I saw that you needed guidance and hope. And you know, you could play piano, but you couldn't make beats. And I used to sit there and learn logic. And then I just saw him grow. Like just seeing someone grow and get, and people giving you your flowers it's crazy because I never knew the influence. I just done it because I, I have a good heart and I put, you know, my heart on my sleeve and I want to help anyone. I see any potential or any limmer. It's just belief, really, because he just needed that 
push. You know, fast forward, you know, years later, um, he said he trained me. Just hearing them words, he trained me. And I started off in his bedroom, just gave me a sense of like, like this is what, that wasn't for money. I didn't do it for self, you know. So when I look at stuff like that, that's just one example. Then we're going to fast forward to 2012. I went to uni. This girl could sing. She didn't believe in herself. I could just hear it in conversation. I pumped her up. I gassed her up. And I said, look, let's record a song. Like she was, she said she was scared when I said, come to my house and record, because it was like, she was good. Like I heard what I heard and I felt what I felt, right? And in that theater, when she sung, I felt it and she never believed in herself enough. And I gave her the, the, the inspiration and the push and the drive and the words. And I just told her to come to the studio. It was like, and then she recorded a song. And then, you know, I remember like just getting her geared up, right? And then she started to do her own thing, going to shows, start perform. She's one of the first artists I've seen perform. Right, and I'm gonna keep going because I feel like there's so many people on this track to even get to where I am today to understand this whole mentorship and this youth journey that I'm on. This is something that I just was made for. I, I genuinely believe that. So this person's called Heather. Always got to put the names in there, right? Here's the listening. Um, she she she's done very very well. Like she's someone that came around me. I recorded a lot of people that actually done something with music, right? Went out there, started to do stuff, recorded the project. And when she put a project out, she she put my name, like, this is the thing, people are saying this to me, like, oh my God, you believed in me. I remember the day I was in Camden, right? And we went out like, as friends, and she was like, oh, thanks for believing in me, man. You gave me the push, like, to believe in myself. And I just thought, wow, am I again? Just the goodness of my heart. I ain't trying to get nothing out of it. And yeah, she, she done very well in that pocket of time, man. And I'm so glad that I was the influence. Um, and then we want to fast forward to um, someone that, and it's all through music, by the way, which is crazy as well. Because I feel like that's like a tool that God gave me to use. Um, so whether you're a producer or engineer, don't think your job is very, very minuscule. You could have a massive effect because you're with these people every day. You're learning the inside and out. You're getting to know them as people. And, and a lot of these people become friends in the end of the day. Um, but then we're going to go to 2015, right? This guy I went to West Thames College with. I see him in my area. He lived in my area. I didn't really know him too well. It was a high and buy thing, you know, I had him on social media or whatever. And then I went to him for help, right? I had a studio trying to find creative ideas to kind of promote it. So I done like a songwriting competition. And he, I remember speaking to him like ages ago and I said, I remember he was doing marketing. And at the time I didn't really know much about events and marketing and he was doing events. So I think I just like hollered him on Facebook. Yeah, I did, I hollered him on Facebook. I said, yeah, I'm doing this. Can you help me out? I have to tell the whole story as well because it kind of, even to this day, makes me feel like so fulfilled. Um, so yeah, I met I met this guy, um, well, I reconnected, sorry, on Facebook for his help. I went to his house and he was obviously telling me stuff I could use and whatever. But in that time, he was saying like, you came at the right time because I always wanted to record a song. I always wanted to rap, like literally. And um, yeah, from that, it was like, um, he came to the studio, you know, he came from at that time, I had a studio in um, Bermondsey or whatever. So he came to the studio and he never, ever, ever recorded a song in his life. I had to give him complete direction in terms of how to rap. You know, it was months, times he did money. I just said, yeah, it's cool. Like, because I saw something in him, right? And it was like to keep going and keep pushing. And again, we developed a nice relationship. We became friends, you know, out of that process. And it was just like all the energy I was putting into him. Eventually something good came out of it, right? So fast forward, you know, a couple, but probably, yeah, like I said, six months, it was months. And then we got to like maybe 16, like, yeah, so it was like 2016. And when we recorded so much songs that went nowhere, I remember going on an old song 
And because I could tell, we, like, he was getting frustrated, right? So I went to an old song and I was just sitting there listening to an old song. I was like, okay, this is bad. Okay, then I just took, like, some, this is a producer head right now. I took some some bars and then I said, okay, this is your hook. Don't, da, 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 da. And then I was like, cool. Let's take all the verses out, rewrite the whole three verses and we, we redo it again. But do it like this. Then, then, did it. I'm doing the flow. I was showing him how to flow. I was saying what ad lib is, how many ad libs to do. Because I've been recording consistently since like 2008, nine. So about that time, and I recorded myself. So I knew the process. So I showed him the whole thing. He took direction. He, he was never, you know, wanted, not say never wanted to do his own thing, but he just took direction. So long story short, he pushed that song, that song done stuff and made him, you know, pop, not even popular, but just it just became a little nice little moment, right? And that made me feel good because I've recorded a lot of people where nobody has had a song played, a song that I've recorded on the radio that I've heard or on in a club and I've heard it, you know. So, you know, long story short, man, it's like the days we used to have conversations like, oh my God, man, like you're, you're the only person that's inspired me throughout like my whole life. You see, I've been on people my whole life and you've inspired me and you've, the conversations we've had have influenced me so much and and I'm like, wow, man, like just giving this guy a little opportunity and seeing a glimmer of hope and the potential and just giving him the words of wisdom has helped him change his life. Because um, at the time he was, you know, he didn't tell me at the time, but at the time he was going through a lot of stuff. And I became the catalyst of his change. He told me this firsthand. So I'm like, wow, man, like this isn't no accident, right? And I thought, what if I put this energy into the right people? Like I'm just sitting there thinking, Okay, I want to inspire the youth. I'm an, influ- I'm an influential. I'm inspiring. Let me put something into the, the kids so the seeds in five years can be great, right? <clears throat> so I feel like my first ever mentor really, really was this young boy. He was 14 from South London. My sister called me. And yes, he liked music, but there was a part of it where it was like he understood that he needed um, some sort of direction and his mum was getting worried, right? And he was always a good kid. And the day he came, and I think it was the same day of the competition, actually, I knew he had something in him. He was talking how I'm talking now at 14 years old, right? To the point now when I go in his WhatsApp, he's actually, you know, like, he's a grinder. He's doing so much stuff. And I just saw he had a good head on him. A lot of kids go through the phases and the stages and stuff. And, you know, it's fine. You just have to learn your lesson and bump your head a few times to get up. So... I'm proud of him. He's great. He was like the first young person I was around and influenced in terms of just, you know, giving them positive energy. So, like I said, like, I feel like I was born for this. And, you know, when I was a baby, when I was born, I was very, very, very sick. And, you know, back to the, you know, 400 trillion to one. Do you know how many babies, millions that die through miscarriages, stillbirths? It's crazy, man. And my mum had me when she met somebody who had a baby that died the same time as me, right? And this 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 is this is a repeat thought in my mind on a daily basis, especially when people die. Um, so I look at this here, and then I, I see like, okay, this lady, you know, she's still in my life to this day. I'm 32 years old, right? She's still in my life, like, it's, you know what I mean? And every time she sees me, she goes, "Oh my God, my son could have been you." And you know, it's deep, it's deep, right? And I'm always crying all this stuff, right? And I just think like all the stuff I've been through, I must be here for a purpose, like some sort of ambitious intent, like God was made for me. I genuinely believe that. It's not no joke. So just along the way, I've seen like a few people I know, you know, babies die and I've heard about people, family members having stillbirths and I've known people that have miscarriages and I even say it on here, I even had one years ago. No one even knows. I don't think no one close to me, but I thought I'd just put it out there. But 
yeah, man, it's, it's, it's so regular and frequent, that whole miss of life. Like, imagine that your, your parents come together and then, like, you know, pe- babies die all the time. It's as normal as, you know, I've known a few people that have lost babies, right? Whether they've been in the seed, whether they died at birth, it's, it's very, very real. So the, the moral of the story is, is um, you know, it's, it's, it's gratitude. It's gratitude for life. Every day, my drive comes from that. I, I was a dying sick baby the baby the doctors said that i would never live right all the elders around me right whether it be like my cousins partners or my older cousins or my aunties like they said i weighed of a bag of sugar they could they could hold me in the palm of their hand that's how small i was i was yeah i got pictures you know at my mom's house of me with tubes and that when, when i was young and like my mom one time when we had problems went to the council and she was saying that when she was young she didn't see me for the first eight months of my life. Like, when I look back at that, I just think of how old my mom was. And, you know, even when my dad went around, I can just, I can feel the, I can feel the pain how she felt then. And I know the anger and all of this stuff. I can imagine the pain, right? So all of that pain and that pressure at the beginning part of my life, I have to make something in my life. And I feel like that baby that died, right? People don't know people for 30 years, like, Imagine that, you, you meet someone, the first day you meet someone is in a bad time. Your baby dies, your baby lives. Like, and, you, and she's still in my life to this day as a constant reminder that life is not promised every day. You gotta make something in your life. And if you make your life a success, you could change the people around you's life. And I, I, like I said, I don't know, man. I just sit back and I look like, and I just think like, you know, I was born for this, man. I was born to do this. I wanna help people, I wanna inspire people. It was a straight selfless act. Everyone is my children. I'm God's soldier. I was born for this. This might sound crazy, but this is generally what I believe my push is. And when I was a baby sick, I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know how to fight. I didn't know nothing, right? I was just a baby, a tiny little baby. I didn't know, right? And I remember my stepdad was here, right? And he was telling me all of this stuff. Like, every time he sees me, man, I got this kind of, like, driven energy. And it's probably from that I was born with this energy, um, but yeah, man, that's that's my story, man. That's my real story. That's literally on my head every day. I just think to myself that life ain't promised. Like, and I don't want to go into no personal stuff, but I just got some bad news about family members. So I ain't really trying to. I think I get more driven when I hear that. Like when I hear stuff and I think, oh, this one happened. I think this is crazy, man. Like life is a gift. Don't spend time in depression. Don't spend time sad. Don't spend time in regret, man. And I ain't a perfect human being. I got flaws too. And there's stuff that I need to address too, right? In terms of like, you know, if you have falling out of people, you know, pat, you know, patch it up, man. Like patch it up. Don't live, don't live in um, the whole grudges, man. Like, you know, so end of the day, I love to inspire people. I love to motivate people. But the end of the day, man, like we're all here for a reason. Anyone listening to this is going through any sort of depression, man, please get help talk to people that love you and just be open as possible because the word is so powerful. I genuinely believe without a microphone, I'll be lost, right? I put a little post in my thing today, actually, um, about um, just just people trying to find people and loving yourself and self-love and all this stuff. Here it is. How much growing you have to do in your 20s and 30s. So if you have them 10 years of adulthood, basically, your first decade of adulthood, invested in yourself, grow spiritually, mentally, and physically. There's so much things we have to do to figure out our own life, to share it with someone else or whatever. Uh, 
So yeah, man, like, I've recorded that today as just a general thought, I've done a video, put it on my WhatsApp. And that's why I love the internet, because we can share it, we can share quotes, share videos, share pictures. And if I can share inspiration, if I can share some positivity, this is what I'm going to do. Everyone has their platform, they could do what they do. And at about seven in the morning when I was on the way to work, I put this up and I just said, this is kind of about relationships, but it's really about you, because you're there before it. It says, take time to know yourself before you find someone. Learn to be alone and don't depend on people for your happiness that you should give yourself. Um, that's real, real key, man. Because if you look at it like people are crutches, then you're never, you're always going to need someone. Because if that was removed, then you've got nowhere to go. The other one here says, take your time to be the best version of yourself. Work on your problems. Figure out what you want to do and don't live your life for others, man. So, you know, if you can find something that you want to do, if you're going through something, whatever it is, don't let it last too long. And I feel like I'm just trying to work hard and build my legacy. And, and it's filled with so many heart-wrenching sacrifices. And, you know, end of the day, you got to do this in your spare time. You know, like Gary Vee says, what do you do from Friday, 5 p.m. to Monday, 7 a.m.? Like, seriously, like, this youth mentorship ain't, this is a calling. This is something I was born to do. So when I go home, I'm working on it all the time. I'm doing it every single day. Like, I had even had a conversation in the staff room today and I was telling people like, you know, they was asking me, some new lady, she see me around, she didn't really spoke to me and she was asking me the two main questions that people always ask you. Have you worked in a school before? Do you enjoy it? And like, I was like, yeah, like if you knew what I'd done before I came here, like, I love it. I genuinely love it. I feel like I'm doing the purpose. I come here fulfilled. I'm making a difference. Whether it's something small, whether it's massive. Like, I love working with the youth. I love seeing the troubled youth, especially, and working with them. I try to make progress at work with the youth. Forget me progressing. I'm seeing the youth, them, I love having me around. The engagements I'm having are positive. Um, the information, I drop the jewels all the time, and I make sure that who knows when I go, what's going to happen, but I want to make a difference. I want to be remembered. And that's the whole point in life, man. In life, we need to have great, great positive memories. And for me, that's exactly what I'm attempting to do. Um, you know, my attention's always there. Um, so I'm going to go through um, some notes that I made today that's related to, for me anyway, probably the two biggest factors that stop people from um, working hard towards their goals or doing something that, you know, a plan or an idea they have is main thing is fear. It's fear and it's insecurities. Like and and, and maybe it's a branch of that is low self esteem. And, you know, going back to the schools, that's what I try and pump into the kids. I've got this girl, she's in like year ten. She always she's always like sad and she's always like saying bad stuff about herself. Like, oh I'm ugly and oh, I'm dumb and this and that. You're putting yourself down, man. Like no, like I don't say that. I said no, you're not. I just reinforced that. I said no, you're not. You're not. You're not. You know, you're not ugly. You're not stupid. You know what I mean? Like I, I try and reinforce these things because if you say something long enough, you're gonna believe it. And if you're saying it to someone when they're asking you, what are you saying in your head? That's what I'm thinking about. So I want to be that other side and say, nah, you know what? You're great. You're the best. Don't say that about yourself. I was working with another girl in year nine, 
and trying to help her with her work or whatever. She's like, I can't do that. I'm dumb. I don't know how to do that. I said, no, you're not. Like, try it. Do it then. Like, don't say these things. And, and it's weird because adults grow up with these, these things that stick in their mind because they've been saying it since they were probably that young. Since they were 14, 15, they told themselves they can't do something. They pushed themselves down. They broke their own self-esteem and broke it down. And I'm going to be the opposite guy that's going to counteract that all the time because... I don't want to hear that. I know youth say that. And yes, I get it. The teenagers and whatever, and they're moody. That's just what people want to label them at. But I see a few of them that are happy. I see nice, really nice, friendly young people in my school that come up and just are smiling. And yes, not everyone can be happy-go-lucky. There's positives and negatives and ups and downs. That's fine. But when people want a consistent downer, I address that. I look at that and I say, look, let me be the light. I walk around that school and smile, right? I ask people how they like that's just that's just my nature. I just got a friendly, open nature. And I don't know if I should change that, but I love that. I want to make someone at least one person smile, one person laugh. That's two things that I want to do to at least one person. Even I've got to say something silly that doesn't make sense. I'm like, I don't care. Like, that's what we're here for. Well, I'm here for anyway, is to reinstate these things. But anyway, back to the notes uh, for today is about, you know, confronting the fear. And, um, yeah, like, you're, you're meant to start off bad. Anything you do is going to be bad at the first couple of times you try it. The first time you try it, it's meant to be good, right? So the whole point of fear is that it's giving you an indicator of where to go. You can go left or you can go right. Um, it depends on where you put that energy, right? But it can really be a positive thing if you use it wisely. I genuinely believe that. And, and I've faced fear too. Don't think I don't feel fear, but I don't let it control my body. But you've got to expect failure. Expect things to not go good. I think that's the main thing that's killing everyone's mind and then start overthinking it. But expect failure and expect things to not go good the first try. The first try is meant to be bad, right? And maybe the second and the third time be bad, but this is a law, right? This is real, right? Consistency is the real key to success. The more times you do things, the repeat, the repetition, eventually at some point, you're going to get somewhere. It might not be where you planned. Some things never go to plan, but you might be bigger and better. It might be something a little bit close. And that's the whole point, you know, of, of just of just repetition. But don't run away from success because a lot of entrepreneurship is failing forward. It is. That's just part of it, man. And it's just how you react to it. All right? That's how you react to the fear, how you react to the failure. And if you counteract that every time, you eventually mentally get stronger. And um, yeah, that's that's all I got to say about that, really. But you're gonna have to fail, and then fail, and then fail, and then fail, and then fail, and eventually you're gonna get a win. Back to the laws of averages. If you ever heard about that, then that's what it is, right? So anybody that hasn't heard of that, please go and look at the laws of average. So I haven't actually opened up this for a while. Um, I've been obviously like talking about other stuff, and I haven't got much notes from the book. Like I said. The book I'm reading is called What You See Is What You Get by Alan Sugar. And it's about his life mainly. I really want to highlight jewels and gems and all this knowledge I want to share about him. So obviously I'm not going to talk about something that's not relevant. So I've got a few notes here and I've read the book today on the way to work and back. And um, here he's talking about his company at Amistad. Right, when you're talking about like in terms of his tipping point, he got to a point where obviously he was successful um, doing the high fives and the stereos and stuff, and he hit a tipping point. And this is the line um, that he says He says, Amistad obviously needed to diversify. We had gone, done a good job in audio, but I could see that we have reached a saturation point. 
competitors had caught up and, and prices were dropped. And I knew that we needed to move on and find another sector or public or product to bring us back to the profit growth. We had been observing the personal computers. So, um, yeah, so he's now knowing that where he is now, he needs to now think different ideas of going somewhere else. And that might happen in anything that you do. You know, you might get to a point where you're like, okay, we've maximised our, our potential now. We have to move on now. Um, so that's where he kind of changed and went into um, computers. And there's actually a video on YouTube, very, very young Alan Sugar with that brown hair when he was talking about the first computer that he'd done. I think it was in the early 80s. So um, I've got some more notes here. Um, so this is where he talks about um, working with somebody. And this is something that I've actually experienced and I've been aware of in myself to know like, okay, if I work with somebody, will this come up? So this is somebody that he's worked with called Bill, who's a person who was really good at computers. Um, and obviously he was just good at business. So he obviously partnered with him. So Alan here is talking about Bill. So Bill is one of those people who has great ideas but has difficulty in executing them, unable to turn his expertise into pounds. So one of this, why this stands out to me is because when you're thinking about a partnership and, and even a team, we need to know what strengths and weaknesses are and how we can counteract every single person's one so we can become a full-fledged team. So which means that everybody has things they're great at, every have, everybody has things they're average at, and some people have things that they're just not good at. And you have to be aware of that. So he's saying that he's a person that, you know, already had ideas. So he's notifying that. He said, but he had a difficulty in executing his ideas. So if somebody's more of an executor, then they can partner with someone that's, you know, has ideas if you get the drift. So that was something that I've actually looked at as well in terms of what people bring to the table. That's why it's so important when I do my partnerships that I make sure that people answer certain questions because we need to know these things because it makes it easier and smoother. Um, but there's another one here when he says, like everyone, he had his good points and his bad points. On this occasion, I had to put up with his nonsense and massage his ego in order to motivate him to enter into the new new computer venture with me. So sometimes, and this is this is something that I've actually experienced as well, is sometimes when people aren't everything that you want, let's put it back to dating. You're never going to meet a girl that's going to tick all the boxes, right? One of my good friends, Tanya, you got to go and check her out. She's a life mentor. She does stuff from all over the world now. And, um, you know, I remember doing my first ever event and she was one of the speakers and just before I w I'd done, I got a contact with her, she was online doing a lot of good videos and she just influential person around me and I just want to give her her flowers that she's great, she's a queen, go and check her out, Tanya Sullivan. And she was telling me that, you know, when you look for someone, you need to have three things that you look for and the rest of things you have to work on, they're compromises, right? You're never going to tickle the boxes. So what I got from that is that, you know, Alan didn't just see the first thing he didn't like and run away. He said, look, you're good at something too. We work on that. But he had to stomach it and just work around him because he knew that he was beneficial. So word to anybody, don't let one thing that you don't like about someone, um, you know, burn any bridges because then, you know, you got to make sure that you got the right people around you. And that could be something that could um, stop you moving forward from working with people if you have an idea and a vision. Another one here uh, where he says, how to cut through all the smoke and mirrors to get to the heart and the, and the matter when faced with problems and delays in production. So this is one thing that I like about Alan. Alan is straight to the point. 
no rubbish. Like, that's what you're saying here. You're just saying all of this stuff sounds good, but what are we going to do? And that's always my thing. My thing is, like, especially with the, you know, the knife and gun crime or just people talking about, you know, kids in education. And it's all great, but what can we do? Like, I, I would just love, like, anyone listen to this, I would just love it. Like, listen to this. Call my number, right? Or message me. I'll give you my number if you don't have it. And let's meet tomorrow. That is how much action I take. I'm I'm not scared. I'm not fearful. I don't feel like I'm going to lose anything. So, and I'm never too busy. If I want to do something, I don't make change. There's no busy. It's like, whether it's important to you or not, that's it. That's where it really comes down to, man. Like, whether, it, whether it's important to you or not, are you going to prioritize this or not? That's really what it is, really. So, yeah, he's got some more lines here where he's saying um, common sense when it came to problem solving in a clear thinking way. Um, he said he worked with his team and um, obviously when it came to like being the technical and being great at this stuff, again, this might tie back into working with people. He said they didn't really have much common sense when it came to problem solving in, in a clear thinking way. So that's another observation there. So there's another line here. It says, it's fair to say we would have never succeeded in the computer business the way we did because time to market was the essence of our success. That episode served to demonstrate the difference between brilliant, academic, bless them, and entrepreneur business people. So I think I've talked about this before in terms of qualifications and business. I feel like we need to just learn by doing. That's it, man. And I don't want to talk about this topic too long. You learn more by doing than you do by actually, you know, consuming information and stuff like that. So I remember something today actually talking about calisthenic learners and oral learners and you know, even me, I'm a calisthenic learner. I learn more from doing. So maybe reading a book and, and just reading a book or just reading words in general is not enough. Like I need to literally do what I'm doing now, highlight stuff so I can be aware of it, so I can apply it, stuff that I'm actually going to do. It makes sense. Like, because then it spends however long reading 600 pages of a book and you don't apply anything. It doesn't make any sense. Um, I've got another line here which says that he spoke to us rather than to us if we like on his level so basically what he's saying is that he made people feel equal you never talk down to people you always remain humble i think always remain humble and i feel like i'm gonna end here being humble is letting your ego sit down for a bit and i feel like to be humble is to be teachable and all the learning moments that i've had with people i've had to humble myself and that's that's the main thing man just just you're never bigger than anyone we're not testing egos um, be humble. If you want to work with people, it's always going to be difficult. But again, if you can be aware of certain things that I've just said or understand the way people behave and why people behave and be open to communication and be honest, you can have long-lasting relationships. So I'm going to leave you with this. Love yourself. You only got one life. And never put yourself second. And just live every day like it's your last. And don't hold on to things.